0: Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.
1: Hello welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, on this week's show, it's all about getting out of the food rut that you're stuck in and giving you some inspiration and simple tips To cook delicious, healthy meals. Daytime Emmy-nominated chef, Ballyknockin House and Cookery School owner Catherine Fulvio is here with her top five tips and lots more around healthier eating. Catherine, welcome to Real Health. How's it going? It's going
0: great, Carl. Thank you so much and thanks for having me. Welcome to my kitchen.
1: I'm very impressed. You get the Gold Star Award for the best backdrop in a very long time. I want to move into your kitchen. It looks fabulous. You have no idea
0: how long it took to clean this.
1: (laughs) How's life been over the course of, uh, of lockdown? I always ask people that. It's interesting to ask, ask them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been it, it's been nice, but it's also been challenging. Um, I'm in the hospitality industry, so my heart breaks for anybody in our industry. It's been tough in that sense. Um, but for us, I suppose it was important for us to find ways to, I suppose, reinvent ourselves and stay in touch with our customers. So we came up with some new ways. Like I set up an online cookery school, and I do a lot of cook-alongs, live cook-alongs. And it's great because it's really nice. You can interact with people because... I'm a people person, really, Carl, and I've grown up in the business here at Ballyknockham and always used to welcoming people coming and going, whether they're tourists from abroad or Irish, and it just stopped overnight and it was a really lonely place to be. So at least now I can zoom into people's kitchens and have a bit of banter.
1: And you know, cooking is something that's become trendy I think over the lockdown. I know we certainly here have been cooking more uh, because you're home, so you're picking at all the books that you have on the shelves and kind of spending more time cooking because you have more time.
0: Yeah, and I think also we're more concerned about our health if I could say because of this pandemic. And I believe we're making more educated decisions apart from the fact that we know it's really great to support local businesses, so if you can buy from your local greengrocer or your local butcher, um, or straight from the local farm. You know, people are making the effort to support their local community and they've time to support their local community because they're now more in their community. They're not commuting so much, but also they're making um, concerted efforts also to eat more healthily, knowing that the healthier we are, the better it is should we get sick. We're protecting ourselves. Now, of course, we're still reaching for the biscuits and the glass of wine and things like that because you need a bit of comfort in your life. But we, I think we are, we're making better decisions in general.
1: Yeah, balance is, is is absolutely crucial, and I suppose with kit, with cooking, presumably, it, and confidence with cooking, it's about consistency. It's about trying stuff and not being afraid to try stuff.
0: Absolutely, and it is actually one of my tips today is to experiment. And a lot of people find themselves in the same rut over and over. And you know, I have this on a Monday, that on a Tuesday, and sometimes when you're incredibly busy, that gives you consistency, so you know what you're going to have, and you've planned everything, but. Breaking out of that world, the only way you can really do it is experiment and just be brave. And if you picked, my top tip is just pick one recipe, pick a cuisine that you don't know much about. And so for something you think you will actually eat, like maybe Middle Eastern, because I think that's kind of an all round pleasing flavors um, and create that recipe. Maybe to a weekend project, maybe do it on a Saturday, maybe do, for example, say a beautiful platter. Um, of like baba ganoush which is that lovely roast aubergine dip and some hummus and falafel and maybe put in some crumpled feta cheese and you can make up your own version of it but just that dip in dip out food and put it in the middle of the table so you're being creative but you're also being sociable within your house space which is nice to do.
1: Well you've aimed that conversation right at me I love baba ganoush even the thought of it oh delicious with some, with some whole grain pita amazing love it uh, and you know one of the things for people and again i'm i'm definitely uh, a victim of this is i cook the same stuff over again they get bored with it so adding flavor is a really simple way to get out of that rut of cooking the same thing consistently tell me a little bit about adding flavors to meals
0: yeah carl it's a bugbear of mine um in a nice way <laughs> but um it's oh my goodness anybody who's been to my cookery school will hear she's on about the onions again <laughs> i always say to people about cooking the onions properly because so many of us just fire the onions into the pan, and the next thing, everything else gets in on top. So let's just think of the layers of flavor in your food. So if you cook those onions until they're absolutely gorgeous and soft and sweet, they're bringing a layer of flavor. Then you put the garlic in, then maybe in goes your cumin and your coriander, and you're just building, building, building so that everything tastes nice. Whereas if you decide, I'm going to make a carrot and cumin soup, and I'm just going to put in The onions, the cumin, bit of garlic, carrots, and fill it with stock, and I'm going to boil it like mad. You'll have a whole different flavor than if you layer the cooking of it. So layering the flavors in is really important. And then look at the flavors. How many of us have a spice cupboard that we haven't a clue what's in it? Or when we do go to the shops, we go, I think I need a bit more cumin. And you come home and find you actually have three jars of it already open. So start using those spices, start building them into the dishes. So I'm thinking spices, I'm thinking herbs, and I'm thinking flavoured salts. They're the three ways. So with the spices, you can use them as a base in a dish, or you can make a dry rub. You can mix those spices together, the likes of cumin and coriander, maybe a bit of garam masala, um, maybe a little bit of turmeric. Mix that together with a little bit of salt and pepper and rub that on a bit of steak or chicken breast or lamb or pork and pan fry it or barbecue it and it's delicious so you're bringing those flavors in and instead of just having a pork chop tonight for dinner now you've got a pork chop that's 1000% a lot more interesting so using what you have using fresh herbs if you have them or dried herbs to build up those flavors and then there's three ways of building up the flavor I mentioned the dry rub the other is a flavored salt so that will be salt and pepper and even some just lemon zest and dried oregano is a beautiful flavored salt And you just sprinkle that on your chicken breast before you cook it. And then the other way is a marinade that we all know. So marinade's really easy. The easiest and simplest Italian marinade, extra virgin olive oil, lemon juice, garlic, some fresh herbs, salt, pepper, marinade away, cook away. It's absolutely
1: gorgeous. You make it sound so simple.
0: (laughs) But it is. It's just, I suppose it's just been just thinking a little bit outside the box, giving yourself a little bit of time. Um, to be that little bit more creative um, within moderation. Oh, and the final tip about spices, it's important to cook them off properly. So you'll find if you fry spices in a little bit of oil, you get so much more flavor than if you decide, I'm just going to sprinkle in it at the end and just see what happens.
1: And do you have a particular oil that you like to cook with? So is it olive oil, rapeseed oil, or do you have a favorite?
0: Well, I do use a local rapeseed oil because it's great to support local and it has a really high smoking point as well. So it's great for pan frying and um, but I suppose personally I always fall back on olive oil now with the olive oil there's the two types there's the extra virgin olive oil which isn't 100% extra virgin which is you use for cooking for frying and then there's the really good extra virgin olive oil which is your finishing one and that's the expensive one about 25 euro bottle and that's for your salad dressings or for drizzling over something at the end for that real olive hit but for actually pan frying I would normally just use a, a, just a nice extra virgin olive oil from the supermarket
1: Okay. So we kind of take it forward then. So the next one is around kind of experimenting, getting creative, maybe, you know, taking a recipe each week to work off and then to keep experimenting all the time to build up your skills in the kitchen, because it is a skill set. And by experimenting, it's a really easy way to do it.
0: It is. And when you when you look around, I bet you will find you've got like plenty of cookbooks. Um, and sometimes they're just nice to look at. That's the way we look at it. What just like, let it open on a page and go, right, we're making that this weekend you know, whether it's, I mean, we're probably overdone with sourdough, but whether it is a sourdough or a pizza, it doesn't have to be dinner tonight. It could be a lovely baked good, but just get creative. You see, cooking is very therapeutic when you go into it in a relaxed mode and you just put on your favorite music, pour yourself a glass of wine or get a beer if you want, or mug of tea in my case, and just relax and enjoy the moment. I mean, I'd have Tina Turner blaring. And I'm just cooking away in my own little zone. You know, the kids think I've lost the plot, but I'm happy out. And for me, then I feel better at the end of it. I don't go, oh, I have to cook the dinner again tonight. Now, oh, the stress of this. Because that is a feeling that a lot of parents have. You know, it's a, it, they begin to see cooking as a chore as opposed to um, a pleasant experience. And that's what we want to break by being experimentative.
1: Okay. And meal prep, it's everywhere. Everywhere we look, Instagram, every every trainer, every person, they're all talking about it. It's like the craze, getting the big Tupperwares out on a Sunday and prepping it all. What's your take on it?
0: Carl, even I get palpitations when I see those Instagram (laughs) posts, when they open the fridge and there is nothing in the fridge except glass jars, because they're more environmentally friendly, glass jars of the full dinner for the full week with snacks included and How could could you have time for that? But it's not just that, No, each to their own. But I suppose for me, it's too much of a control for me to do something like that. That's just my personality. I couldn't do that. But also, I wouldn't feel comfortable preparing on a Sunday something for next Saturday and think that's going to be lovely and fresh by next Saturday, you know, if it's chopped salads and things like that. So as it happened, I put up on my online cookery school um, a meal prep course for two, which is doing really well. Um, and I've broken it into two. So you meal prep on your Sunday and you meal prep on the Wednesday because you don't want to be wasting food. So by the time you get to Wednesday, if you've got broccoli left in the fridge and cucumber and things, it's ways of building those into the meals for the rest of the week. And I focus just on meal prep for dinner. So that takes that stress off. And then the leftovers of the dinner, I give a suggestion on what how you could use it the next day for lunch, whether you put it in a pitta or mix it with salad and in baby gem little leaves and have it like as a kind of a pick me up little um, lunch or use the leftover roast veg for a soup the next day. So I've kind of structured it that way so that nobody thinks, oh my goodness, I actually have to make my breakfast, my lunch and my dinner. Because I think that's for me anyway, too much. And I suppose I've only done it. I did this course of designed it the way I operate and I couldn't tell you what I'm doing next Saturday. So I wouldn't be preparing my dinner for next Saturday.
1: Yeah. But a simple tip is, you know, if you have leftovers from dinner, pop it in the fridge, use it the next day for for, for lunch or for whatever it may be. And it's a really handy way to do it. Absolutely.
0: And if if you really think, do you know what, there's going to be too much for me for lunch tomorrow, put it in a container, label it and freeze it. And there's nothing nicer someday than coming home and going, I know I've got something in the freezer and dinner is ready. And uh, one of the things we often suggest is that, you know, when you've got one portion of one thing in the freezer and another one portion of another thing, that on a Friday night, you just set up like a kind of your own tapas. And it could be anything and everything. It could be meatballs and it could be curry. But what a brilliant way to eat. All these different flavors. It's like doing a tour of all your favorite street food on Friday night at home.
1: You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. What's your take on on fresh versus frozen in terms of which is better? We get asked that on Instagram all the time. You're a perfect person to ask now that we're chatting.
0: Yeah, so my take on it is that Frozen food is frozen when it's at its freshest. So it retains the nutrients. So for me, I always have my go-tos in the freezer. I have frozen peas, frozen sweet corn. That works for the kids all the time. I actually have frozen avocado, which I was surprised I was able to get. I saw it in the supermarket and it works brilliantly for smoothies. Mm -hmm. And it just saves all that peeling and all that. But it's just great. Um, And I have frozen bananas and frozen berries and frozen spinach. Because you buy the big bag of spinach but you only use a little bit of it. So I just put the rest of it Throwing straight into it in the freezer.
1: Spinach. I've never even thought about freezing spinach because I do exactly that. We buy the big, massive bag and maybe half it gets thrown out because it's just going to to it. Very yeah. clever. I like it. It
0: doesn't last, you see, Carl. It go, it wilts really. And when it when it starts to wilt, there's an aroma off it that's really not palatable. So no, straight to the freezer because then it freezes actually solid the way it is with the leaves still intact. And you can just take a handful and put it straight into your smoothie or your stir fry. I freeze garlic, I freeze chilies, I freeze ginger, so that I've always got something for stir fries as well. I chop and have it ready to go, and off you go. So I'm a big supporter of frozen, because it makes your life a lot easier when you haven't planned what you're going to have for dinner. You can just turn around and prepare it. And nowadays, actually, a lot of the supermarkets do sell bags of prepared frozen vegetables um, for stir fries. They're actually really nice. They've got water, chestnuts, and bamboo, and all sorts in them. They're really, really nice.
1: And they're really handy, which is great. Mm. Uh, number four, in terms of your tips, is getting more veg into your meals. We love getting vegetables and your protein is really important, but load up your plate with vegetables and salad. And Catherine's got some really simple tips for that for us too.
0: Yes, I'm just thinking I said bamboo and I meant bean sprouts, but there you go.
1: There is one with bamboo though, I've seen it. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or bamboo shoots maybe or something like that, but I have seen it, Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm thinking I've gone far too exotic here with the bamboo in her her stir fry. What's she on? (laughs) Um, Yes, veg. Now, so I love my veggies, but I find it sometimes really boring just meat and the veg on the side. So I set set about um, trying to incorporate as much veg as I could into different meals. Um, So, for example, kind of a sneaky way without really thinking, oh, I'm having veg. So I might have scrambled eggs with asparagus or um, scrambled eggs with... um, roast peppers or scrambled eggs with um, spinach for breakfast. Um, you can use a lot of uh, veggies as well in the likes of frittata or anything like that. Um, for lunch, if I was having a pitta, I'd have a wholemeal pitta. But inside in that wholemeal pitta, I would have grated carrot, I would have lettuce, I would have cucumber, I would have sun-dried tomatoes, regular tomatoes, olives. So it's packed with loads of goodness. So I find different ways of trying to get veggies in and I love a pita for that reason you can get lots into it whereas if you put all of that in a sandwich your sandwich would be about that high and it, you'd be just looking at a lot of green and go mm, not really and um, so it is a little bit about tricking the mind as to how to get the vegetables in and then of course there is the old parent trick of hiding the vegetables in the tomato sauce <laughs> with the pasta um, and blitzing the living daylights out of it so nobody knows um, but yeah I just kind of Really look at every opportunity and see how can I add veggies in. If I'm making hummus for the kids, which is a big hit at the moment in my house, they're mad into it. The hummus, you dip your carrot into the hummus. So at least we're getting more fresh veg into our diet. Um, But also I would do a roast sweet potato hummus. So if I do sweet potatoes for dinner tonight, I do an extra few, mash them up, and then I blend them with the chickpeas. And now I've got a whole different flavor to my hummus, but I've also got sweet potato added in. So it's different ways of approaching it. And um, if I'm making um, a burger for dinner, I would um, say I'm doing a vegetarian or a vegan burger um, or a vegan burger. I mean, I would add in sweet corn. So it wouldn't just be my chickpeas and that, but I would add in sweet corn, maybe a bit of beetroot, just find different ways of blending so that before you know it, you know, you've, you've had a very, very balanced diet and you're up to seven a day of fruit and veg. And the smoothie, of course, is the old reliable. I don't do juicing. I did. I invested in a rather expensive juicer. And I found myself, I found, oh, the cleaning operation was big. But I just kind of thinking all that fiber is left behind. So I found myself going back to smoothies and making smoothies with some nice Greek yogurt and a nice balance of fruit. And then, as I say, the spinach goes in, the avocado goes in and the likes. And then I'm kind of thinking, do you know what? I've got about five a day just in that one drink. And I make enough for the household and we all have it. So, yeah, I'm trying to lie to myself about the (laughs) about it
1: by adding them in everywhere it's, it's handy which is great a lot of the research coming over the course of this week and last week is right getting the kind of 30 different foods every single week which sounds like a really scary amount in terms of plant from a plant-based perspective but actually smoothies making that hummus color and mixing it up as much as you can is a really easy way to get those 30 different things in which is great finally tips for families i think this is really interesting trying to get educate children in terms of getting them involved in the shopping of it or the cooking of it. That's really, really important.
0: It is. And a lot of parents are spending the time now, uh, You know, now that they're at home, to teach the children to cook. And I mean, I did. My my son was in transition year last year. And it was the best thing that we ever did because he wasn't able to do his Gashka program because he was at home. So I was like, well, I teach you to cook. And if you'd have asked Rowan before that, He'd be like, oh, there's green on that. Oh, there's onions in that. Oh, no, I don't like parsley. Now he's into his hummus, his avocados, everything, because it's opened up his mind to all the different flavors. And he understands the cooking process. And I think the the earlier we can start the children to cook and teach with them, the more comfortable they are cooking um, and teaching them, uh, like, A, reading recipes. They now have to practice their English. Doubling recipes, they're doing maths. So it's like a school lesson in itself but you're building their confidence and building their knowledge in ingredients. Now, I did for the online cookery school, I do have a kid's cookery class. Yes, I have junior chef to head chef. (laughs) And there are parents sending me messages going, thank you, Catherine, because one of the classes in it is how to wash up. I know, (laughs) I know for my own kids, I just modeled everything on my own experience over the years. And it's all well and dandy showing them how to cook. But if you have to keep cleaning up after them afterwards, the novelty as the parent will wear off saying oh come on let's cook together knowing you've all this to do so I have them setting the tables I have them washing up um, and I've gone through the whole knife skills as well because it is a worry for parents as well you don't want to hand your biggest chopping knife to the kids but a lovely little tomato knife Um, it's a serrated knife and um, with a round top on it it's called a tomato knife they're about like up to 10 euro and you have the kids have to seesaw to cut and it works a dream so it gives them confidence using knives and the parents are confident in the knowledge that there'll be no rushing to A&E that day
1: teaching children how to wash up I love that so wonder parents love you for that it's a fantastic I hope there's fairy liquid in there somewhere is there
0: oh absolutely yes proper proper wash-up procedures no but I cover everything I cover health and safety as well you know that's you know the last thing you want is like children handling raw chicken and then not understanding that you need to clean everything around you and wash your hands before you touch anything else there's all those angles that um Quite often, we learn through osmosis from our parents, watching them in the kitchen. But this covers everything, like how to use the hob, how to use the oven, what's a boil, what's a simmer, plus then all the recipes so that you end up making a risotto. And the whole idea is you make family meals at the end. So you're making a meal for your family. It's not just that you're making biscuits for yourself to eat in your bedroom. It's it's family dinners, which is what it's all about, you know. Yeah,
1: and that's a really good point, that kind of, you know, that kind of one family, one meal idea that the You know, if I ever sit down together and it's, it's it's one meal as opposed to cooking like separate meals for families, it's much easier and much more beneficial when it, there is one meal together as opposed to separate meals.
0: Yeah. And we do that as well on our transition year program. And it is that they make one meal a week for the family. And I think that's how we got so much buy in from the parents because they're thinking, well, I don't mind organizing ingredients and even himself or herself to cook. So, you know, because we'll all be sitting down and having that gorgeous chicken stir fry with the brown rice for dinner. Uh, you know, so it works. It's a, it's a win-win for everybody. And I think that's what's important because, you know, we're, we're all in this together. We're all in the one household together. And, you know, if we can look after each other by cooking nice meals for each other, I think that's a lovely thing to do.
1: Catherine, it's been great to catch up with you today and be very envious of your fabulous kitchen. Uh, if people want to find out more about the cookery courses or to follow you, where do they go?
0: so I'm on Instagram at Catherine Fulvio underscore chef and then I'm also on CatherineFulvio.com there's a whole range of online cookery classes there and live cook-alongs as well that we're doing for corporates it's all there you'll see it all um, or should give me a shout you know I'm running at the other end of the email
1: Catherine thank you so much for joining us on today's show folks that's it for another episode of Real Health meet Carl Henry in association with Leia Healthcare as ever you know where we are realhealth.independent.ie at Carl Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram we're back next week for more Real Health
0: Leia Healthcare. Looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.